Andres Densai, here are the stories making headlines in the Philippines and across the globe. The Philippines' new anti-terror law facing yet another Supreme Court challenge, this time from legal luminaries. Former Philippine Ombudsman Conchita Carpio-Morales and retired Supreme Court Associate Justice Antonio Carpo led the online filing of the 11th petition against the measure. They questioned the supposed suppression of protected speech in the new law, as well as the creation of the Anti-Terror Council, which they say violates the constitutional rule on separation of powers. The group also cites the questionable provisions that allow the designation of terrorists, as well as major violations of the Bill of Rights. They urged the High Court to void the measure. Their petition will be filed physically at the High Court on Thursday. Several groups determined to brave the risk of the pandemic and hold protests during President Duterte's fifth State of the Nation address. On top of the issues that will be raised, the new anti-terror law. The administration has been urging protesters to conduct online rallies instead of physical ones to prevent possible exposure to COVID-19. I don't think that would, uh, the terror law would dissuade uh, the people from uh, expressing their anger and outrage uh, over the Duterte regime's failure to address the pandemic, to address the, the economic crisis. I don't think there's any way uh, we can prevent people from actually uh, coming together and physically protesting on July 27 during the sauna. President Rodrigo Duterte's penultimate State of the Nation address will be one of the most important in history. That's according to Senate Minority Leader Franklin Drelon, who says the people have high expectations from the president's speech. He points out Filipinos will be waiting for government's concrete plans to battle the pandemic at a time when millions are hungry and jobless. Drelon says ensuring the survival of Filipinos and not a charter change should be the priority. Unfortunately, the only solution that we see today is the continuous and repeated lockdowns. Mm. You know, a lockdown, to my understanding, is to give us time to plan, mm. to give us time to implement things. Uh, and not an end by itself, mm. because if, if it's an end by itself, you kill the economy uh, and, and you kill people because of hunger. The World Health Organization representative to the Philippines believes reimposing hard lockdowns across the country will not be necessary. But Dr. Rabindra Abeya Singh points out that is if government can further beef up its COVID-19 response, particularly in identifying people who interacted with COVID-19 patients. What we need is good contact tracing so we know where is the transmission happening so that we can minimize those areas where lockdowns are necessary. Mm -hmm. This is one area that needs significant strengthening over the next couple of weeks so that we can bring down the levels of transmission. The statement comes a week after Malacanang warned Metro Manila may return to tighter quarantine measures if COVID-19 cases continue to rise in the region. Coronavirus cases in the country stand at over 70,000. The Philippine Interior Department directs all 42,000 villages nationwide to create their own contact tracing teams to boost the country's contact tracing capabilities amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Interior Chief Eduardo Año says it is imperative to have contact tracers coming from the same community due to their familiarity and kinship with the residents of the village. He adds professionals have been tapped to train all village contact tracers.
The Philippine Health Department dismisses as a joke President Duterte's remark pertaining to reusing face masks amid the threat of COVID-19. In a taped address aired on Tuesday, the president said the public can disinfect their face masks with gasoline if they can't afford to use a disinfectant spray. Health Undersecretary Maria Rosario Verjeres says the president's statement might have been said in jest. President Duterte's remark comes as some world leaders draw flack over unproven claims on coronavirus. U.S. President Trump back in April suggested that the virus might be treated by injecting disinfectant into people. The Philippines, in talks with China and Taiwan for the possible supply of COVID-19 vaccines once available. Manila's health department says the Foreign Affairs Department is currently in discussions with two manufacturers and is prepared to access the vaccines once the deals are finalized. The agency adds the Philippines has also received offers of vaccines at various levels of clinical trials. Experts around the world are raising to develop a vaccine for COVID-19, which has infected nearly 15 million people and claimed more than 616,000 lives. The Philippines is currently participating in clinical trials for COVID-19 treatment. Major hospitals in Metro Manila grappling with more COVID-19 patients. The Philippine General Hospital says its COVID-19 ward is already overflowing as it serves 215 coronavirus patients, even when it has only a 210 bed capacity. Over in San Lazaro Hospital, the number of admitted COVID-19 cases is now at 80. A nurses' group says the hospital's workforce continues to dwindle as more frontline health workers test positive for COVID-19. The health department is mandating public and private hospitals to increase their bed allocation for COVID-19 patients when there is a surge of infections. Public hospitals are ordered to allocate as much as 70% of total bed capacity for COVID-19 cases from the previous 30% capacity. Private hospitals are also mandated to expand their bed allocation for coronavirus patients to 30% from the previous 10%. Overseas, the European Union strikes a historic $2 trillion deal to confront the biggest recession in its history and help the bloc recover from the pandemic. The EU will establish an $858 billion coronavirus fund, partly based on common borrowing, to be sent as loans and grants to the hardest-hit countries. That's on top of the more than $1 trillion EU budget that leaders had been haggling over for months, even before the pandemic. The EU now says it will implement measures to ensure the funding is conditional on upholding the rule of law following concerns raised during the negotiations. U.S. President Donald Trump warns the pandemic may get worse before it gets better. Trump makes the statement as he resumes his daily coronavirus briefings, the first since April. Trump acknowledges the importance of testing after initially blaming it for the rise in infections. He adds he is ready to spend more for testing if health experts ask him to do so. The U.S. is the worst hit country by the pandemic with nearly 3.9 million cases and over 141,000 fatalities. Our goal is not merely to manage the pandemic, but to end it. We want to get rid of it as soon as we can. That is why getting a vaccine remains a top priority. Two vaccine candidates are entering the final stage of clinical trials this month. This was achieved in record time. It used to be years before you were in a position like we are. 
Over in India, coronavirus cases surged to 1.1 million after more than 37,000 new infections are reported. The death toll also rose to over 28,000. India is the third country with the highest number of infections behind the U.S. and Brazil. With a continued increase in cases, India's top medical research body has asked states to add more labs and increase testing capacity. Brazil begins a three-month test for a coronavirus vaccine produced by a Chinese pharmaceutical firm, Sinovac. It's one of the nearly two dozen potential vaccines that are in various stages of human testing worldwide and one of a handful that are entering late-stage testing. If proven safe and effective, Brazil would receive 120 million doses from China starting next year. Brazil's soaring COVID-19 outbreak makes it a useful for testing a potential vaccine. It has 2.1 million confirmed cases and more than 80,000 deaths. Security officials in Ukraine have detained a hostage taker following a standoff that lasted for over 12 hours and ended after an intervention by the country's president. The hostage drama began when the assailant seized a bus in the city of Lutz, say he was armed with guns and explosives. He took 13 people hostage, all of whom were later freed unharmed. Police say the assailant agreed to release the hostages following a 15-minute phone call with President Volodymyr Zelensky. The president agreed to the hostage-taker's demand to endorse the 2005 animal rights documentary, Earthlings. Zelensky promoted the film through a video on the presidential Facebook page, which was subsequently deleted. The assailant later surrendered to the police. He is said to be unstable and had propagated extremist views. Back here at home, rapper CEO Maria Reza pleads not guilty to her fifth tax evasion charge. Reza appeared before the Pasig Regional Trial Court Wednesday morning for her arraignment over her alleged failure to supply correct information to Rappler's value-added tax return for the second quarter of 2015. The amount involved is 294,000 pesos, below the Court of Tax Appeals' 1 million peso threshold, which is why it was filed in Pasig. The Justice Department in October 2018 indicted Dresa and Rappler Holdings for five counts of tax evasion for failing to report taxable income from its Philippine depository receipts. But Rappler insisted it never hid any transactions from the Bureau of Internal Revenue because it was not a dealer in securities. The Philippine Lower Chamber's left-leaning bloc pushing for a plenary vote on ABS-CBN's franchise renewal application. The Makabayan bloc submitted a letter to the franchise panel chairman asking the committee to submit the technical working group report and the adopted committee resolution to the plenary for the ratification of its decision. The opposition lawmakers insists majority of House members were deprived of the opportunity to deliberate and vote on the matter. The effort comes nearly two weeks since the franchise panel denied ABS-CBN a new license to operate for the next 25 years. But one congressman who voted against the network's franchise bid says the bloc should be more creative in trying to get plenary deliberations on the matter. I will not teach them what to do because I voted on the other side. But uh, they should have a solution. Meron pwedeng gawin dyan sa house rules. Yun lang. Ang tingin ko, yung letter na yun, hindi siya pwedeng letter lang. Kasi plenary discussion yan eh, plenary debate. Yun, 
may may ako personally may nakikita akong solution A lawyer says group in the Philippines asserts Congress has no authority to question the land title of ABS-CBN. Attorney Domingo Cayosa, president of the Integrated Bar of the Philippines, says if there are questions regarding the media giant's property, they should be dealt with in court. Some congressmen have bared plans to take over ABS-CBN's slot in Quezon City following their rejection of the company's franchise renewal bid. Normally, yung ganitong pag-uusap, Eh, private dapat sapagkat uh, wala na ito sa halls of congress pero sila kung totoo sila mismo ang nagpublicize so mas malalim siguro ang kanilang mga intention hmm. uh, maaring um, saywar sa inyo yan uh, pressure sa inyo umaari ding uh, gusto na ipakita na meron silang uh, follow through action so binong broadcast nila ahead of their o pwede trial balloon o kaya uh, gusto nila pakita na meron silang kakayanan na magplano ng mga ganito. Award-winning educational theme park Kidzania Manila is closing its doors soon. ABS-CBN subsidiary Play Innovations Incorporated says after five years of providing a learning experience for children, it has decided to cease operations effective August 31st. In a statement, the company says while business revenue has taken a hit as the COVID-19 pandemic forces people to stay home, uncertain conditions have left them no choice but to close the play city's doors permanently. Kidzania Manila says it is also preparing severance benefits for affected employees. And we have this just in. COVID-19 cases in the Philippines surpassed 72,000. The health department logged nearly 1,600 cases. The death toll is now at 1,843 after six more fatalities are recorded. 342 additional patients recovered from the illness, raising the total to over 23,000. And those were the latest. I'm Denise Densai. For more updates, subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter.